Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Submission Squad Presents. We filmed this two months ago, and we didn't like what we already recorded, so we're deleting it, and we're doing it again. Well, we didn't... No, we recorded this sit-down with Greg about the last PWCS show two months ago. I meant the intro. We didn't like the intro right. we had done previously, so we're re-recording so, it. So now we are wanting to get some fresh audio up at the front of this, so it's just not all two-month-old audio. Plus, we do have a little bit to promote here. This mm -hmm. will be the last uh, public podcast before the Christmas party. So, real quick, we uh, next Friday, December 6th, we will be doing the Anarchy Christmas Party. Um, tickets for that are only 5 bucks. You can get them in advance at axmas.bpt.me. I understand a lot of people are probably going to just pay cash day of. That's fine, too. Um, so... However you want to do that is fine. Uh, we're going to kind of see how this goes. Um, we, If we do well, like, I mean, well would be 30 to 40 people coming out to this. If that happens, we'll do this again next year. If not, we'll have fun this one night, but it probably won't be something we will do again. Uh, the goal, like, I mean, us charging only five bucks, we're not going to make anything off of this, really. But the goal is that the hall does. Because they have to bring in staff and such. So we're hoping they will make some money off of this. And that we can hang out with you guys. Right. Because not all of us have all the family that we spend the holidays with, like me. Right. Which I do think is a really cool thing. There are, like, you know, I decided to even do this based off how, how so many people talk about how anarchy is such a big part of their, you know, actual life. I was like, well, why not try to get together for a holiday type party? And see how it goes. So we're going to try it out. We have some activities go that we're going to do. We'll have IWTV going on the TVs, watching past Anarchy shows. Um, or whatever you guys want. Right. We are going to do a live podcast. Uh, we talked about doing it. We might do a, uh, like when we do the live podcast, do like a roundtable type deal that we do for our Patreon. So there's a chance that you, the fan will be on the podcast. Uh, if you want to be a patriot, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash anarchystl. For those of you that are currently patriots, between now and December 1st, I will have all the information on there for the new tiers. So those tiers will go into effect January 1st, so you'll get the whole month of December to decide if you want to stay with us or not. We sure hope you do. Um... That money, even though there are no tickets with those tiers, the money we make off of that definitely helps keep us going. So hopefully you guys decide to stick with us at your current tiers. If not, obviously we understand that. But that's kind of the deal with the Patreon. Um, if you're a wrestler out there that listens to us, we are doing a Nick Gage seminar on January 10th. Cost of that is 30 bucks. Uh, you pay that at paypal.com. Slash and St. Louis Anarchy, I think it's like PayPal.me, though. So oh, say okay. Anarchy. Uh, either way, if you just hit me up in a, on a DM and we can make that happen. Uh, tickets for January are on sale, front row sold out. GTA20.bpt.me, which also means that we're out of uh, season passes right, for yeah, front so row. You can are. still do general admission, but yeah, you can still do GA if you want to do like February going forward on front row season ticket. You can DM me and we can we can talk about it. 
but the official season pass front row is sold out. But, I mean, if you want to guarantee yourself front row for all the other events, you can do that. Uh, you just have to DM me and we'll, we'll talk it through. Um, I think that's about it as far as, like, what we got on sale. Big thing coming up is the Christmas party. It's going to be great for us getting to get somewhere at, like, 5 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Instead of the normal 1, 2 o'clock. Oh, yeah, and Rose won't have to worry about wrestling, so he'll be at that fucking slot machine all yeah, night long. Yeah, if you're wondering about talent, here's the kind of the deal with that. I have heard from talents that said they're going to be there. I'm not... But no one is obligated right, to actually come. I'm not obligating talent to come to this thing, obviously. I know, though, that there are a fair amount that are coming, so... And they will have merchandise to sell for last-minute Christmas gifts. Right, I've told them they can sell merch if they want. So, I think this will be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, we will be there. I'll be there live. I know, and you'll hate every second of it, but I'll be there. <laughs> but, yeah, so, it should be a lot of fun. This podcast you're about to hear is pretty fun. We were on our way home from Journey two months ago talking about the last show. So... Enjoy, and uh, we'll see you December 6th, the day after, or the day before my birthday. Bye! So. Hey, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Submission Squad Presents Dollar Menu Mid-Carters, Life and Death Edition. The good news is, we're alive. The bad news is, Greg is dead. Or at least his dream is. Good God! Good God! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you gotta talk about my dead mom too, or like ah, oh, fuck. That was uh, that was the intro to the, the second half harsh. of this. Yes, all right. I wouldn't even barbecue with that harsh. Jesus. Fair enough. Uh, we are leaving Journey. We're uh, essentially a week removed from uh, the mega ticket. Uh, we kind of talked about this on Patreon, but uh, all around positive feelings. But we wanted to talk with Greg a little bit more in depth. Uh, go into what was going to happen, what did happen, and everything in between. Jackson, Greg, how you guys doing? I am tired, uh, but I am I'm ready to go to do this hot hour of podcasting. Got to be at least 56 minutes, We brother. need a clean hour. Clean hour, all right, I'll hit that time right on. Well, no I one else go, fucking did I tonight. I might go 13 yeah. minutes over. Jesus. That's so, right. Uh, you know, Petrie's time at that point. Over. God Petrie's time. Um, yeah, so, I mean, going into this thing, it, we had to cut the August show. So we were, we were going to do a whole other show in August. And obviously there would have been, had we ran a full season, a wild card show that went into, into this. So I guess up top I could talk a little bit about what the original plans were. Yeah. Um, I mean, it kind of all still took took shape. Yeah. Um, a lot of the major matches that you saw were what the original stories were going to be. Uh, the story that was going to run throughout the year was going to be no new friends. So originally, way back when, this and this kind of goes back to what I talked about on the "Why Are You Closing Down" podcast. Yeah. The original idea that I, we wanted to run was. No new friends goes at, goes it alone. Every every other team has six six people, but they don't let anybody else into the, their group, and they go with just the three of them. And so then there'd be a show where like we jump them, and you know, say one of them has Danny has to wrestle all three times by himself. That was where that idea came from. 
wasn't the idea originally, forgive me for being ignorant if I'm wrong, but I remember us talking about this, wasn't the idea was because Kevin Mike were supposed to move out to the East Coast, so wasn't it Team Danny Adams and he was going well, to assemble that's like a the first cadre. thing that throws a wrench in the plan. So the original plan was no new friends proper. And then I started hearing, yeah, the, you know, these guys might not be around. And then Kevin got injured. And so the you know, the more that, that stuff starts to happen, we had to alternate the idea before it even got going. And so then the, the plan we went into uh, stage one with was it would be start out as Team Danny Adams, which was funny just because it would be his entire logo would be a picture of his face. <laughs> uh, that was the whole given behind that. All right. Uh, and then, yeah, he would have to go through and, you know, start to realize, like, fuck, I can't do this alone. I need to start piecing together uh, people. And so then he would piece together, like, Connor and Raul and, like, this ragtag team that would then gel together and win the championship. Um, and even that, you know, so obviously we, by missing the August show and really missing some beats in between there, we lose that part of it, uh, so, you know, of him building the team. We did do the funny promo where he asked Connor for help and we pan out and Raul uh, played by Thomas Shire is nodding yes which I thought was really funny. <laughs> um, and so we end up getting ish where we thought it was going to go which was um, there was even at one point way way back when when we uh, Jason and I were planning where he pitched me being in the match and you know the idea was like oh well you know, my three guys can be your three guys, so I'll just I'll be the last person in there just as a gag. And then day of show, without announcing it, Danny comes out and like, "Oh, we have a fourth guy, and it's Eddie Kingston." And that was that was a plan way back when it first was in an inception. You know, the, the team Danny Adams idea came together. That was a plan, huh. uh, but it was very loose. Okay. And so the idea of me being in the match even was talked about. So like some bastardized version of all those ideas is what actually ended up happening that night which I guess we can get to. The other major match was exactly as it was planned was uh, we would announce a year ahead of time Buddy Shepard versus Pierre Abernathy. Once yeah. in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime indeed. And so that really, the only thing that, that was lost there was we wanted to do a series of several videos with you guys yeah. just continuously getting more and more heated. Right. Yeah, we were supposed to film some promos where it would be me talking to Evan more about this Buddy Shepard. Yeah. There's supposed to be one where... Did we cut one where you cussed and we were supposed to get Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good story. So, I, yeah, we are getting ready to film this promo backstage. I go, Greg, um, are, can I just say whatever I want? And you go, yeah, yeah, the cursing and that. We'll just have him bleep it out. So I go on a tirade. It's on YouTube. Uh-huh. It's one of the reacts. Me and, and I, Connor. And it's it's me no it's me you and uh, yeah it's me you Connor and Tommy holding the mega ticket taker sign, and to Tommy's credit you and Connor both fucking like pop on it. Yeah. Tommy stayed straight faced yeah. the whole fucking promo. He did not break. Yeah. Tommy um, business. But uh, though this promo gets aired, none of it censored. <laughs> it's just me cursing. Well, I, we watched it back, and not only had I already started to not care as much, <laughs> but also I thought it was funnier with you at, with you not bleeped no, out. Yeah, I think I so, too. I didn't oh. think it would have been funny as funny if you got bleeped out. So, it would uh, have been a lot of bleeping, too, because yeah. I cursed a lot. I think you should just bleep everything. Like, he gets, like, a sentence <laughs> out, and then he's just bleep. 
Somebody I, else talks. All right. I just think that it's great that with, like originally the angle was gonna be like, oh, they progressively start to hate each other more and more, and then it just became a match where you, Buddy Shepard told you to suck his dick. You yep. did not take kindly to that. <laughs> nope. And therefore we had a match. And we planned it all around that. Like, I, I really loved doing that match. Like, that uh, that was so much fun. The other, um, the other, the other big plan that came to fruition and probably the most close to what it was originally going to be was the the Casey Carrington match um, and so we could talk about the match when we get to the actual card but that all actually laid out exactly as I had, had planned it the only thing that was completely dropped was Wyatt's team was supposed to be constructed as like a shield against the top contenders for his belt yeah and so none of that ever actually happened. The idea is that he would start gathering, like, uh, Stephen Wolf and all, you know, all these, these people that were... Buddy Shepard. ...hot for their... You know, that were, like, coming for the title shot. And he would he didn't really ever care about winning the team championship. He just wanted them close. And so he would kind of always be off defending the belt, never really actively be a participant for his team. And then eventually... the guys would start to call him out on it. Rose would call him out on it. Wolf would call him out on it. And then one of those guys would go on to wrestle him at the mega ticket. It was, the idea was going to be Wolf. Um, which we still would have done like a bastardized version of, but he was hurt. Right. And Rose was unable to be there. So uh, that's where we ended up. Connor was kind of a last minute throw in. I'd honestly forgot that they had already worked for the belt. So yeah. I thought it was like, oh man, here's a neat little idea that hasn't been done. Oop. <laughs> on PWCS, my exactly yeah, on my on my watch. Uh, oh no! But that was uh, the only idea that really was 100% scrapped. I think everything else made it to the finish line, even if it was kind of a bastardized version of it. Yeah, and then violence is forever was added. Yes, I mean if we want to, I could I could go match by match for trying yeah. to trying to feel it like the way I do on mine. Yeah, Award sure. <laughs> If you don't remember the whole card, I, I don't remember everything. I will actually add. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, right. A couple fun notes about it. it was like there, there was a guy, a guy there um, that Jason and myself, the other kind of, you know, co-creator, he was like a best friend of ours that we would do all these WrestleMania trips with and did like e-fetting with and shit as a kid. And, uh, we hadn't spoken or talked to him in like probably 10 years um and dude like just started to like rekindle a relationship with us and showed up so it was the first time he was there uh so that was pretty cool to have him there it was like old times uh my dad was there and stuff so the just the whole vibe around it like i mean it, it, like i said on the patreon it wasn't like there were 400 motherfuckers there but it was i really i feel like we had our core audience there yeah that 60 to 80 people that came out no matter what every single time were there and that meant a lot to me to be able to put that one last show on for them because I, I I probably should have just said fuck it and walked away but I wanted to give them something because it, it was me as meaningful to those people as it was to me right uh, and so I'm happy that we gave them that last shot at it you know I mean I was in the front row I bought a ticket yeah you on a ticket, you were there. You were a loud, vocal member of that. I'm just kidding. I was on Pierre. I was on Matt's complex. You had an accident. He had an accident. Oh, 
Oh, I did not know he had yeah, poop I had his to go, pants. Yeah, well, no, I had to go get a pizza, and it just oh, took forever. Did a poop ski. Uh, but so then the opening match um, was Big Twan Tucker over Arthur MacArthur and uh, Campbell Myers, which that was that was one of those things. Uh, Arthur MacArthur and Big Twan were students of Dom Greeny at the AIW uh, training facility. And that's kind of a cool thing that Dom would always do is he would he'd bring a couple of his students down, and I like a lot of their homegrown guys. Uh, Big Twan Tucker's a hell of a character if you listen to him on the AIW podcast. So it's kind of cool to see him. Uh, a lot of the like not big wrestling fans talked about Arthur MacArthur. That's a strong guy. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah strong Deborah guy. liked him. Uh, uh, so he was funny. Multiple people were like, "Oh man, that guy was pretty. That guy had a fun character." So. Um, yeah, I was happy with that match for what it was. It went, uh, yeah, it, yeah. Cam trained by a one, Merrick Brave. Yes, yes, and Brave. Yeah, I mean he's a guy who's been coming and setting up for, since NWO. Oh, yeah, a long God's time. Sake. So it was one of those deals where I'd like to give him a shot and see what he can do. And he was he was good. I, he he did really good for somebody who's a young boy in the first couple matches. Yeah. Oop. Oh, Shire's assaulting me, and now I'm he's massaging now. me. Sweet that he's Remember how you said you wouldn't say anything, though, Shire? Huh? Let's go back to that. I didn't say that. You did. Shire never said that. I never said that. I don't believe he, he ever said that. I'll no. let you talk, though, Greg. Yeah. I just want to give Soup some credit. Yeah, it, rightfully so. It was, he's yeah. Tell me get a new feed. Shut your mouth, Petrie! Campbell Soup. Ah! Yeah, Campbell Soup. Just, just now got that. Yep. There it is. <laughs> just now got that. Hot item. Uh, match number two. Fuck, I said I don't remember the whole card. I'm already not. Spaghetti O Joe. That's going to be my name. Spaghetti O Joe. look it up. <laughs> what was match two? Yeah, get on the cage match. <laughs> get on the cage match. Um, I'll remember it in a Fuck. second. It was. Um, what is this on my phone? I was in the audience. You think I would remember this? But I remember. I know what the next match is. Uh, yeah, me too. I think I, I would know from there. Uh, but I feel like it Wasn't it the three way? No, the three way is the open. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Because the three-way was supposed to be a six-man, but you didn't have enough people for six. Yes. Man, yeah. What was that second match? Uh, we're looking. We're was looking it now. Dallas? Yeah, that's what it was. Dallas versus Surge. It was supposed to be Kenway versus Surge, uh, but he had disgusting elbow. I'm not sure what the medical Staff diagnosis was. was. Some sort. Of, I actually told everybody that he had elbow weights. I don't see oh. um, And a lot of people... Uh, flashed onto that throughout the day, so I was pretty proud of that. Yeah, please. But, uh, yeah, that's what it is. So it was really supposed to be Kenway versus Surge, and that's another storyline that was supposed to really, uh, that didn't happen the way it was supposed to. It, it, when he started out, uh, Surge was going to join Kenway's team kind of by force, but, real, but still want to be on my team secretly. And so Kenway would just start treating him worse and worse until you got to the point that we flipped him face. Um, yeah, because we did something like that when I wrestled Serge, where he's like taking pictures during the match, sending them to you, but like, yeah. see, Greg, I'm still winning. And so eventually Kenway would snap and be like, you fucking loser. Like, he doesn't want to be on the team, uh, on your team. You're with me now, and you're fucking everything up. And, you know, then he would he would flip and turn face. So we kind of did that at the beginning of the match, where Kenway gave Serge a bunch of shit, and he, and, uh, he bopped him once, and then Dallas... Uh, who I have dubbed Kansas City Kenway, attacks uh, attacks Surge from behind, and we're off to the races. Um, and so that, yeah, that's another one that kind of diverted from the original plan. But 
and I was happy to get the, both of those guys on the card. Serge always did good work for us and was one of those guys that really rose to the top. So Yeah, and he, he improved a whole lot, too. Like, Yeah. I always, I always liked Serge. We always gave him a shot, and then he would just take a little bit more. You know, he would always uh, exceed expectations every time that you set them. So I, I always appreciated that about him. Yeah. Um, and then so on to match three, which was the big like announced, you know, banger match was was besties in the world versus Violence is Forever. Um, it was something I wanted to do because uh, Don is Dom has always done good business for us. Um, the guy that the guy that I've liked um, had great interactions with us, so I wanted to have him on the, the last show. We weren't going to have a big name, you know, per se, but I thought that this match was a marquee match that could sell some tickets. I, I think it was the first time they'd ever done it. Yep. Um, and so that, I was a big fan of that, big fan of both of those guys are great to work with, and of course, yeah, you, you had to have Fitch and Vega on. Um, and they were the guys that we built around in the beginning, and all the way through, you know, we had the, the big feud over the belt throughout that year, so yep. um, they definitely had to be there, happy to have them there, and you know, Fitch is a guy that, I mean, shit, we were in the sixth grade talking about doing this kind of stuff, so it's really cool to have him there, and he did the, uh, they, they forced my, so uh, for reasons that will go unmentioned, they had to stretch after the match for a little while to give someone time to get geared up, <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. leave them unmentioned, but but they didn't, and that so, person had to rush anyway. They had to stretch for a little while. Part of it was they had my dad do their dance. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. He told the, gave him the same speech he gave Ricky Morton. My dad goes, I, I don't know how to do it. He goes, just watch me. Yeah, I got to do the dance for the first time while I was in the audience. It was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, I was watching you out there living it up. I was fucking living life. Fucking you. Thought it was goddamn Christmas morning, and there I am dancing with the rook. Yep. Match four, of course, that twenty-minute classic between <laughs> Buddy Shepard and Pierre Abernathy. No, I, I actually, on my side of it, I mean, I haven't really so you've spoken about it on on Twitter and stuff, but I was really, really proud to host it. I mean, without um, without you and, and the help of Anarchy in general, I would have never been able to do it. Um, and, you know, we would have been paying bunch of money for a ring the whole time and all that shit you know if that, without your help and assistance it never would have been a thing so to get to host that match was really really fun and that's one of those things where it's like some of the most cool things that we did most well received things that we did over the run were ideas that was like man wouldn't that be funny and it's something I feel like a, a year ago I was like man we, when we did the original mega ticket taker idea and you came out to the Undertaker's theme song I was like, man, wouldn't it be funny if next year we did Dead Man Taker and you were you came out on like a big wheel or something? Ah, yeah. And then somewhere along the line, it morphed into in a wheelchair, and I thought that was even funnier. And so just your whole speech up top, like coming out to the Undertaker, the Dead Man Undertaker and stuff, and then the one that popped everybody was God has frowned upon <laughs> yeah, me took and my took legs. my legs. That was right. That was all off the top of my head because I didn't know exactly. What I, all I was gonna say, and I was so glad. I guess we'll peel, we'll peel back the curtain on this. I was so glad that uh, Buddy, like that, because I mouthed there he does like heal my legs because I thought that'd be fucking hilarious, <laughs> and I was hoping he caught it and he did. You know, it's funny for me because like I always like it always goes in the same cycle for me. So like when we did the one, 
like I did the very first one because you were in a bind and you needed somebody and so I did it Uh, so then I was like man that was really funny and went well let's do it again next year when you brought it up and then I get in the next year and I'm like dreading it all day like man why did I fucking agree to this I don't want to go out and fucking do this but then we went out and did the team one and it was a lot of fun and then we closed that with like our carload of guys it was like me evan gary vega fitchett and i was like all right that was fucking perfect way to wrap this up i'll never do this again then we start talking about wouldn't it be funny if you wrestled buddy shepherd it's like well fuck yeah that would be good so i agreed to do it and that was a jason idea jason was the, the one who thought of buddy shepherd yeah, but he's yeah. not here right now, so take credit for it. Right? <laughs> so I was like, so I agreed to do that, but then leading up to it, I'm like, fuck, like, I don't want to fuck. I don't know if I can fucking do this. I haven't even done a singles match in three years, and even though we're not gonna really do like bumping and shit, I was like, I just, I, I was a little worried because I thought that the last one ended perfect. So I was like, this isn't gonna be as good. But I, I mean, I was really happy with it, and like the, the coolest part for me was that like Aiden and Logan got to see me I guess perform and like they were real fucking into it like Logan especially was really into it and they had never gotten to see me do anything like that before so that was cool that they got to see it and I, I had a lot I a lot of fun with it like it's the like I said on the Patreon I don't really miss wrestling as far as like the bumping and all that but I, I do miss putting together matches that's probably the one part but I even get to fulfill that through agenting stuff but for this like the performing of it was a lot of fun and uh, one of the fans was like told me that um, the Kikitaro match is one of their favorite matches and they're like this was like real close to that so that was cool Well, it it actually felt good. Like, like, at the end of that, I was like, fuck. Like, I really felt like that went really well. So, that was cool. It did. It was, I mean, it was incredible. So funny. And the only, I guess the other thing to talk about is the alternate universe where there for a while you were pitching to me of like, you know, what if we just, what if everybody thinks we're going to do comedy? Oh, yeah. We just beat them. We talked about that. Like we were, we were gonna go and do thumbtacks and gig, and like it wasn't going to be comedy. It was gonna be like a serious, like hardcore match that would almost be underlying comedy in a way. Like, oh fuck, he really hates Buddy Shepard that much. But and really, this went on and on until like the day of. We we like we had kind of come to our senses that all right, we're not gonna do thumbtacks and all that. But we were thinking about going out there and working real heavy and, like, you know, beating the fuck out of each other. But I got to thinking, and I was like, you know, I had been doing... It's funny, because I've been doing this so long now. Like, a lot of fans that follow Anarchy have no idea that, like, the early part of my career I actually wrestled and, like, actually tried as best as I could back in those days to tear the house down and, like, have, like... I don't want to call them real matches, but, you know, like, hard-hitting, like, matches that you see other people have. I used to do that shit. But, my God, it's been so many years now that I've been doing mostly comedy. Like, people seem to like it, so I didn't want to, like, take that from them because that's what they kind of expect me to do. So we went with it. I I thought that, I mean, obviously the whole thing was very, like, shtick-heavy, but... I felt it was different stick than like what we did in the the fucking multi man matches. So yeah, and there was enough in there of like back and forth, like sending him into the wall and 
Right, like we did a little strike exchange in there where I was fucking up old buddy and Yeah. <laughs> that, that clothesline got us such a huge pop and I, yeah. Joe's getting ready to go out there and die. And, and, and this match, and he, he heard that the pop of that clothesline. He's like, "What the fuck am I even doing?" He's like, "I should just go out there and wave my dick around or something." Because these people, these people are insane. <laughs> the sleeper spot was great, like because like that's a spot like with the pillow and blanket. Like I mean, I think I invented that spot, so that was neat to get to do that. And then like you can hear Logan like yelling from the fucking gimmick table for me to wake up. Which was, that was funny and like that even was timed out perfectly like the one two the I mean like all the little fucking the major beats of that over delivered and I think that's what made it good and it didn't hurt that uh, Adam Kennedy was your ref no he played it great uh, not that I mean he was popping legitimately in there but he played off of the shit so good yeah it was a lot of fun we got a lot of good feedback from the from the boys about it but I hated it. Yeah, I know, Shire. I know. And Gary's just playing porn. That's cool. That's <laughs> yeah. Love that. Uh, so then we go. We go from there. That was intermission. Yep. Uh, to number five. What did we come out of intermission? Oh, Gary we and Sean. With Gary versus Sean, uh, which that was something that's been planned for a little bit now. I don't know, the whole year. Not quite the whole year, but I got bored one day and wanted to do something. Yeah, you guys brought that to me a little bit ago, and I thought it'd be fun to do. Um, and then we kind of worked through the idea of it, of it being a sort of Cena Undertaker. Deal. Yeah, that's. I think that was my addition that was, to yeah, it. You, you had the, that addition to yeah, it. So really, if you watch PMCS, we watch a lot of WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really, it did just become like memes of WrestleMania <laughs> in their own way. Um, but I thought it worked. I thought it was fun and different because, you know, people knew that you were going to be there. I even thought about going as far as to go on, like, on Twitter and make a public statement of, like, look, the man stopped working for me. Like, he's not going to fucking be there. Stop. Like, I'd have but, been all right with it. But I thought, I was like, I don't know, maybe that would actually drive away people that are coming because they do know you're there. Right. You yeah. know, so I didn't, I didn't want to take it that far. But I, uh, I think it went well. Like, I, I think that you handled that right. Like, he kept calling him out, but you, everyone else kind of ignored it. So I think people can read between the lines there. I mean, at the end of the day, like, he's, like, one of my best friends. But, like, the whole story there is, like, you know, he, he's got to see where he is in life when it comes to just anything. Because, obviously, the guy's been through some shit in the last couple of years. So I guess he felt he needed to get his ass beat. And he did. And he did. He did indeed. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like... I have no problem beating the fuck out of one of my friends. Obviously. I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> when do I get my crack at Petri? Never. Soon enough. Anyways, Soon I mean, enough. it was a good story. It was fun. You know, fun for me. I felt great afterwards. But, uh, yeah. Thought I'm Sean, happy I could do that for him. Thought Sean was going to die in the Denny's oh, after yeah, the fucking... I wasn't there for that, but <laughs> apparently he, was, he almost Oh, man. Me, Shire, and Evan were there for it. And oh, yeah. He gets up and goes to the bathroom, and we're just kind of all sitting there... Finally, like, you know, he's been in there quite a while. 
So now we're all just kind of staring down at the bathroom, waiting for him to come out. I think he was in there. I think we well, timed it 45 minutes. Well, like, <laughs> we noticed it because it felt like a long time. We started talking about it, and it took, like, another 10 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, legit, it took another. He was in there so long, we gave him a standing ovation <laughs> in the middle of a Denny's at, like, 1230 in a lot of ways, I've went over. Basketball is just one of them. We'll get into all me going over later. Yeah. Let's get back to Greg. Right. Are, are you wanting to take a break here soon? Oh, uh, yeah, in about three minutes. Yeah, three minutes. Even Shire knows the breaks know now. The breaks. He, he's been on. Four hours. I know the fucking breaks. One podcast, I'm a, I'm a I genius mean, editor. Now, now that we said the nice things, I'd say we just buried Sean now. Well, we could bury him for about I two minutes. Yeah. I mean, you look at that match, and that's a burial, brother. Yeah, I know. He uh, should probably just go home put that trigger in his mouth. All right. Oh, oh my God. God. Hey, now. Let's not joke about that. Hey, now. I'm kidding. All right. God, get a fucking Yeah, you know, you know how you joke about people killing themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a public podcast. Guys, I got knocked a little loopy on that kick earlier, all right? Obviously, we're recording this on the way back from Journey. We're still all in the vehicle. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Well, you guys want yeah, to go back to I'm definitely not going to be traveling with Gary anywhere. <laughs> Me and you. I'm going to murder you. Oh, yep. yeah. Great. Really, you don't want to smoke and sing. All right. All right. Good, yeah. good thing Greg's in between us. Yeah, it is. He's I'm, my friend. He's a moderator here. I'm a, I'm a, I'm he's a mortal. You can't I'm do this. He's a I'm an immortal friend. I'm a man of many Anyways. titles. I'm I don't want Sean to die. He's a good friend of mine. It was a joke. If you take that offensively, I apologize. I don't want, <laughs> you, guys, I don't want you guys getting heat for my stupid fucking sense of humor. No, we I don't want it either, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd rather not get it either. All right, we'll get it. Oh, shut next. up now. We'll, we'll talk about next, we'll about next yeah. Yeah. Coming up is going to be the, the next man. Violence is forever. We already talked that about that. You guys did? I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's super already. That's that's Joe. That's okay. Yeah, Joe's next. Uh, yeah, that would be next. Now, that's gonna be take a little longer than a minute. Though. <laughs> yeah, can we wrap up? Can we can we wrap up Joe's career in about sixty seconds? <laughs> First, he was Shane Marks. Then he wasn't fucking relevant again. Yeah. I did and like Shane either. Marks. I I remember Shane Marks. I, yeah, I remember that's, him too and Max. That's how fucking long we've been doing. I remember him as Shane Marks yeah. and Max. I never knew of that time. Jesus, oh, yeah. man. How old? Like, he man. he was real young. He was, I think he was like 12. He looked like he was 13 years yeah, old. He, 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 Casey, yeah, he yeah. yeah. We've known him. Know, since. You don't have to say his full name. We, Casey, Casey Carrington. Yeah, you know, that guy, I don't know, man. You know that guy? I'm fucking tired, brother. It's we, been a day. I've known him since his start. You know what, actually? Did he ever tell well, you what yeah, Casey stands for? Right. Yeah, Michael Strider chopped the soul out of me. So. <laughs> No, what's we Casey stand for? And when we come back, I'm going to tell you exactly what KC and the KC Carrington stands for. So you just sit here in, si- in silence for 15 seconds? Enlighten me, Petrie. 10. Enlighten me, Petrie. 9. 8. What a fucking seven, shit show this six, has been. 5, 4, 3, 2. Thanks, guys. We'll be back. 
And the answer is Cartwright Charlemagne Carrington is his full name. All right, let's get into the match. You're an idiot. I did not know that. Yeah, Cartwright? Well, is it Cartwright. K? Yeah. Cartwright. Cartwright. Uh, I'm All right. I'm 93% sure that that is made up. Well, Carrington, yeah, listen. Yeah, that wiggle room. He listens to the podcast. No, I'm sure. Doesn't. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. All right. He just tells us that because he wants to be nice to us. Uh, Carry on. Tell us about the match. What was supposed to happen? What did happen? Uh, so the match it, it was pretty much exactly how I envisioned it. Um, although there were some other stuff. So the idea was for him all throughout the year he would come back, and, and with with Casey's storylines, he has always liked to have a beginning and an end because you know for whatever for various reasons we've never really known you know you can get to the end point and then that's that's over if you need if he needs to go away you can go away yeah um and so we kind of had that with his first run with us with him and and steven kennedy leading up to that last man standing match and that was a perfect ending and he really really fought about coming back um and he went through some stuff and and I, he was like, man, you know, he had been wanting to come back maybe as a manager or something for a little while, and I was like, I just don't, I don't know where you fit in other than wrestling. I was like, but I can, I, I, there's always a spot for you in that regard. Like, we can figure something out. So then, like, I just took little by little, I broke him down. He, 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 finally, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I uh, he pitched to me doing the Vince McMahon hype video that we did uh, leading yeah. up to me versus Fidget. And uh, he was like, man, you should do a shot-for-shot shot remake of that. And I was like, well, then you got to be Shane. And so we went and filmed that, and he had such a good time filming that. And I was like, well, now you've got to second me to the ring. And so then he was like, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do a couple things. So he basically ends up wrestling half of the 20-minute match. <laughs> and you looked good doing it. Felt good. So he was like, fuck it, man, what do you got for me? Got a little rough out there. And uh, <laughs> he works a little snug. But, uh, you know, so, and I said, well, man, you know, here's, here's what I got. And the outline of it was that he was coming back, but not like, you know, he's not coming back to win a title or to do this or do that. He was coming back because, you know, he had gone through a very negative period in his life. And that was like the only way he knew to self-destruct. It was like he had, he he comes back to wrestling in times of negativity and, he was just going to use that as a way to sort of destroy himself. Um, so it was kind of like a weird, I mean, it's definitely different. And yeah, I think it got over. We I mean, came out, he did that speech of the first, when he, when he came back and when he came back, he got a massive face pop. And I was like, uh Oh, like we might be in for some trouble because <laughs> like that was at the STLI and he would, you know, it was a pretty well attended event and he got a really big face pop. So, I was like, oh man, I don't know how well this is gonna go, but uh, well, not that it was gonna go badly, but we might have to shift gears from the original plan. Yeah. And so then that night he challenges the besties in the world to a one-on-two handicap match. Surge ends up coming in, but that was kind of the beginning of it. It was just like, fuck it, like I'll face two guys, I'll do whatever. Um, then he's the next event. He wrestles a normal match, and we cut that promo of like afterwards of him being like, well. I don't think there's anybody here that can take me down, and that's how we got into the the Gangrel match. Was that oh, a regular dude can't end him, so he's gonna fight, fight a vampire? So 
I love my realistic storylines that involve vampires. Hell yeah, man. But, uh, so it all led up to this point where it was based off of the ending of the, the novel, not the movie Fight Club, where he is like, he's self-destructive, he wants to kill himself, and so he goes into the, the pit or whatever, you know, the fight, he goes to the fight club and just challenges everyone. And everyone takes turns beating the shit out of him. And he'll lose these fights, and then the next guy comes in and beats the shit out of him, and the book ends, spoiler alert, with him waking up, and he thinks he's in heaven, but he's really in the hospital, and people are, like, tending, you know, tending to him and saying, we can't wait to have you back, sir, so, like, he can't, he can't be killed. Um, and that's the ending I wanted for the Casey Carrington run, this go-around. So I think we achieved that. He comes out, he fights Riley McGuire first, he beats Riley McGuire, Easily. then... Micah comes out, uh, Mighty Micah comes out, and that was exactly what I wanted it to be, was just a sprint of hope spots, just, you know, kind of, uh, Micah, you know, I, I told him, I was like, I'd rather it be like a hot three minutes than, you know, be drug out, so I think he showed really, really well, I, I think. He'll be back. Yeah, I mean, Micah, going from his first appearance in the worst Royal Rumble was like his first wrestling appearance, uh, all the way to now. Is, well, that kid is, leaps and bounds. yeah, so that kid's turned. That that kid's turned into like a good worker. Yeah, uh, we talked. I remember we talked about this last, but we did. He, he, the only thing I tell him is like, dude, you got to get a singlet or wrestle without a shirt on. But yeah. he's good. Like yeah. he, I, I, I absolutely think Mike is good. Yeah. He's a really fun little character, yeah. and like he gets, he got over naturally and organically. And that was the stuff that I really liked. Uh, that I'll miss about promoting. I think is. Stuff a guy like that coming along that's just a good dude, and you give him a shot, and then like, oh shit, he does something with it. You know, it's kind of the same way with Surge, and yeah, I was really big on that of being in a spot there you could find those guys. Yeah, because I mean, all cards on the table, like with Anarchy, it's hard to do that. Yeah, because it's hard to like, not that it's hard to find talent, but it's hard to be able to. Like, I don't know the right wording. Like, let people grow within the promotion. <laughs> like, we almost need... We're at a point now where we need a lot of guys that are finished products. Well, yeah. the, the expectation is at a certain level... Where right. The, the, the Anarchy fans do not ex- expect to pay X amount of dollars and come in and see a student. Or come in right. and see a guy who's having his fifth or sixth match. Right. So that's you know, part of my, uh, my speech at the end when I said there needs to be places like that. You know, it, it's is what that was about because a guy like Micah doesn't get the chance to grow and be a major part of a, a journey pro or an anarchy or something without the ability to cut his teeth somewhere. Right. Uh, same thing can be said for Dallas Cade who we talked about. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, Serge was one of those guys. I mean, Shire. early on. Uh, <laughs> no, he does not fall into that same category. <laughs> yeah, young, unpolished kid. I did not say any of those things. <laughs> Yeah, but legit early on, guys like Paco and Danny, you know, I mean, they don't yeah. if they don't come in and get that shot at places like that, then they don't get seen and yeah. get on bigger shows. Never wrestle like Chris Hero. Off, a lot of guys like that, they get put into like battle royals and stuff like that, so they don't actually get match match experience. It's just kind of like yeah. stand in the corner and let me get beat up or whatever kind of thing, and then I'll get thrown out. It's like a quick three minute thing, you know. Right. That might be on a pre-show. Right. That's what I was gonna say. Guys yeah. don't get. So, like, there's a difference between wrestling five minutes on the pre-show and starting to learn how to wrestle 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Well, a guy, 
like a student at a place like Anarchy isn't going to get that chance to go 20 minutes on the main show because our fans expect a certain level of wrestler and you have to have a place where you can grow into that level of wrestler and uh, that's where I think you were right in your speech like there has to be places that exist so that guys can go do that and become better like to get a chance to work somebody like Wyatt or something. Right. And, but back to the Joe thing, like, I think that was, like, that. that's the one shame with with stuff getting cut, having to get moved around, is that that was such a good story. And when you peel back the layers of that, a dark story. Yeah. Where, like, this guy, like, the whole basis of the story is this guy wanted to kill himself, and the only way he felt he could do it is in the realm of the wrestling ring. It's a pretty dark story. And uh, I think that would have been neat to say to see play out from beginning to end. Yeah, and I'm not sure what the beats were gonna be after the Gay and Grill match. Like that was kind of conceived on the fly, obviously. Um, and so I think he was he was just gonna continue to be more destructive. And like you even saw in the match with uh, I, I think it might have been in the match with Danny. I pitched that. I was like, you need to go out and get a chair and give it to him and just and be like, you're going to fucking need this, friend. Like, because I'm coming. Like, and you need, but you need to use this on me. Like, you need to fucking bash my head in. Like, I, I forget if it was that match or another one, but it was, and there was just going to be a lot of stuff like that. And eventually, I think I was going to lose control of him. Was, you know, was, that was something that we didn't really get to get from point A to point B, where even I was going to be like, look dude I know I brought you back but fuck like this is not what I signed up for this is not and, you know, so if even I'm backing off of them then that shows you something you know and uh, so basically everybody, you know, he was, everybody was going to crumble away from him and they would get into this match the only way that I wish it was different is I wish we could have built more of the people who were in the match so instead of it just being this match where it was I'll take on all comers and you know the idea of around what it actually happened was okay you have these two young kids they just want to come and get a win on a big show and be seen so they come out they get beat and then the next guy out is Durden who you know Durden just won and Durden's not the guy that's going to back away from a fight so he came out um, and, and fucked up KC I wish we could have done something there where the guy that comes out to fuck him up was somebody that he really messed with in his past. Like, I wanted to use um, Fitchett or Vega. Right, um, right. You know, P- yeah, somebody that he had, that <laughs> he had ran in the, in the past and really, and really caused pain to, and that was going to be where, you know, things were going to start unraveling. I did also joke with him that I was like, I want to find just, like, random old, uh, <laughs> like, old washed-up, St. Louis scene guy. That but Reed Rang with a foot right into that. Yeah, he, like, he uh, started working again. That wasn't uh, that. that like, I was fishing. I was like, you're, I was like, you're going to be sitting there and it's going to be Lightfoot. Like, oh, uh, man. Uh, but you're also, trying to keep the budget low and Lightfoot's like 10 grand. There is also the other spe- side of the spectrum where a part when he was off in, in between his runs, he used to always be like, man, I'll come back if you let me fight Sin Bodhi. I was like, man, <laughs> what if we had a really good run up to that and I was able to book Sin Bodhi and not tell him <laughs> so that he's sitting there thinking fucking some some other dude's gonna come out and Sin Bodhi just comes out like and just cracks him with a chair and then pins him <laughs> and like that's 
that's the whole deal. If I'd have hit the lottery, I would have done that for him. <laughs> but so Durden comes out, and that's I, this was one where like the structure of the match I was really proud of, because I was like, okay, this way he should start out as a heel, beats these two kids. But by the time Durden's done beating the shit out of him, people should feel sorry for him. And it like it got quiet and uncomfortable really quick. And for a minute, I was worried because the whole entire building is, is dead silent. But then you start hearing people being like, geez, like, all right, give up, dude. Like, stop. Like, stop this. And so I started to kind of gain confidence in it. I was like, all right, you know, this is getting this is getting the reaction it needs to be getting. Uh, and he, God bless him, he really wanted to, like, to bleed in this match. And I wasn't going to stop him. Um, but it, like, ironically, he did not end up getting, like, insane color like that was kind of what we thought was going to happen was no but he got some he got some no yeah he he bled but uh, at one point he was originally going to close out the first half but then you guys were like uh maybe we should switch that around because if he's going to bleed everywhere we don't want a whole half of the card wrestling in blood and I was like well I don't think he's going to go crazy and you're like yeah neither was Shire (laughs) (laughs) well Shire got hard way Shire got a headbutt but Carrington bled before Circus Maximus. What yeah, year was that? Yeah. He he brought that up too. He, oh yeah, he's man, like, I wasn't going to then either. That was a. I still remember that blood. Jesus Christ, that was a lot of. That was like the most blood I had seen on an indie. Yeah. Up till that point. But it, so so by that point he's beat. He's fucked up. Uh, Surge was the guy we chose next because he did like beat up Surge and take his spot on my team and, and so then Surge comes out they have a very short exchange Surge beats but like and the, the uh, mic work was something that I I wanted very specifically was that he gets beat by Durden everyone thinks the match is over and he grabs the mic and is like I didn't say I was out here until I lost I'm out here until it's done and he bring another one and so then brings out Surge wronged by him. Surge beats him. Um, and then I have to wrestle in the main event because he cancels, he pulls out to do this crazy death wish thing. So I come out, I try to end it, crack him in the head with a chair, which I did not was not comfortable hitting him in the head with a chair. I was kind of forced to do that. Uh, but they, they worked for what it needed to be. Uh, and I fucking brought that chair shot. Uh, <laughs> like thunder. But I, so I, I crack him in the head with the chair. I beat him, which, much to uh, Evan's dismay, should have been him uh, victorious by disqualification. I'm just saying semantics. Yeah, you, but you should have been disqualified. He should have got that quick dub over you. Uh, but then the the meat of the of that match was the ending was always going to be. Hopefully, we garner enough sympathy for him. And people want to see it in, and then the final guy out is I'm standing there with a chair, uh, and then Stephen Kennedy comes out, his former tag partner, best friend, and he comes out, takes the weapon from me, and we sell it like he's gonna he's gonna crack him and end it, end his fucking life with this chair, um, and then he drops it, picks him up, and takes him out of there, and so I, and that got a huge reaction, like it, he. Kennedy says basically like hey man like you want this could be over like you don't have to do this and picks him up and, and KC stumbles back to the corner 
comes in for a big hug. They both start to cry. All the, the, the fans in the front row get up and beat, beat on the ring. And that was something that you know, KC texted me days later. It's like, man, I didn't, I didn't expect to get emotional like that, but that was a, a really big moment. Like, um, and I was re- it's one of those things where you have it in your head for a year and you want it to come out a certain way and then it does. And uh, that was re- probably the most special part of the night to me because those, like, their run and the stories I got to tell with them were some of my favorite things I got to do. And when they left, it became appreciably less fun. Like, it became measurably less fun without those guys around. So to have them close out their story at the last show was anything I could have asked for. So um, really, really happy with that match and that, that same event. Just unconventional and different. That's all what I was always about trying to do was different shit. Uh, following that up was with the match that I thought was original but wasn't for the, the <laughs> Gateway Heritage Championship uh, Everett Connors versus Jeremy Wyatt I actually didn't watch the match I was I was preparing for it was really good going in between the match I'm sure it was I mean they're both amazing talents so uh, and Wyatt's run with the belt has been fantastic I mean nothing you, know, you can't ask for a better champion so uh, to carry it I'm out of that game. I'm out of the champion selecting game. Uh, but I guess that that match, unfortunately, like we talked about the way it was supposed to go, but still happy to, to be able to put on a really good title match. Uh, and that, lead, that leads up to the main event, the traditional elimination match, which has become a staple. That was the whole uh, basis of our organization. And so we do end up running... No new friends. Outlaw Danny Kevin uh, versus Shire Durden, uh, myself, and Kenny Alfonso. So Kenny Alfonso has joined me a journey here. Been able to do that, and I went ahead and, and participated in the match since uh, Rose and Paco both couldn't make it. And you know, it was fun. I'm glad. It, every single one of those, I think we did six of them. I don't think you can look at either one of them and go, "Oh, that was a carbon copy of the other one." They were all different. They were all structured differently, um, different styles, things like that. So I was really, I'm really proud of all of those elimination matches. And, and to be able to go out there, I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. To be, to be able to compete in that match was was like a throwaway thing, you know. It was, it, it was but it was cool. I, I was out. You did fine. Thank you. Yes, I did. Fine. I did just fine. You did fine. Um, I always want to do more when I wrestle. I always look back, oh, I mean, I could have done this, or could have done that, but I, I did what I needed to do. Um, and, and I thought the match was really fun. The crowd was into it. Uh, and I don't know, not a whole lot to say about it, I guess. It was, it was good. I, I, we, I wanted to put over Kenny because I think he's going places. He's one of those guys that you could have built around and, you know, and, and, and done something with. Um, and also, I, like I said, I uh, privately earlier, I, I wanted to for my team to go over so that I had the microphone at the end of the night and I could make kind of a go-home speech. And I was like, well, I don't think it makes sense for Danny to whip my ass and then be on the microphone and be like, by the way, the guy that made this all possible, he's waking up now. I used to hate him. Great <laughs> go by. Like, 
but then I got the microphone and Dan stayed in the ring for the speech too. I was like, well, now I just kind of look like an idiot that put myself over for no reason. But Dan likes the limelight. That's the, uh, <laughs> the, the story. But I, and I'm glad he was in there because I do. Want, I just want to say nice things about him. I do think uh, the the run that he had there was was really is underrated. I think is the best way to put it. I mean, he at one point was was one of the top most over heels. He was your champion. Made the switch and became one of the most over baby faces. And there were not a whole lot of people throughout our run that were able to, to say that. Um, and it wasn't something that we we didn't plan and go, oh, man, we definitely got to give him that baby face switch. It just sort of happened because of a missed spot. You know, somebody was supposed to come drag him away, and they didn't. And so he got up publicly and was like, well, F you, I, F you Greg, I quit. Like, And so it just kind of turned to baby face. But he, it got over super, super quick. And so, you know, uh, he's one of those guys that we we built around and uh, you took a chance with. And him, Paco, Serge, Connor, the, you know, they were going to be kind of the guys we rode into the future. So um, I, I was happy to have him out there for that. And, of course, my, my hetero life mate Shire what? here. Out there. He was, he was on Twitter right now. Was that out there? Paying attention, but you were out yeah. there. Which time? The main event. The main event? Yeah, the main event. The main event! We really did it out there, Greg. We really did it out there. We really did it out there. Jesus, I mean, we... We made me a star that night, Greg. We made me a star. We've been a thing for two years now, though. Uh, Since NWL? Yeah. Maybe January of 2018-ish, right? Because I moved in December 2017. Yeah. So... And then we got put together, yeah. Yeah, so I And then mean, we were like, hmm, we gotta work together. Oh no! Uh, at PWCS, we got together like a couple months after because yeah. we, we did the whole thing where like Evan was buying for me and everything yeah. like that. And then you were like, you came over with the salt shaker and you're like, you gotta, you gotta just get those bad vibes off, Shire. And you're like, gotta throw that salt over your shoulder. And I threw the whole shaker and everything. <laughs> I thought I broke the shaker. <laughs> oh, great, we're gonna lose the building. I just broke a sh- salt shaker. But so that meant a lot to me. I think everything, yeah. everything was exactly the way it was supposed to be. I did a small speech at the end. Uh, you know, I, I was happy with it. I, I wish I would have thought about that a little bit more. I was so focused on the match that I didn't really think about what I would want to say. But um, you know, overall, a really fun night. Like, like I said, I mean, circumstances what they were. I couldn't have asked for it to be any better or any different. It was. It was the clothes I would have wanted. I felt really good like it was a really good show overall it was different it was kind of a good snapshot of what we did you know it was about young guys different stuff um and being being unique you know what am glad you think i'm young (laughs) but the night wasn't quite over yet (laughs) so yeah the night wasn't over because someone else is about to make a speech after your speech after my speech, so I, I I cut my deal, and so I, like, to give an explanation for what was witnessed, I was talking to my ring announcer earlier in the day, and he was very passionate about PWCS and the spot that he had there, and so he asked if he could give like a toast at the end of the night, and I believe that he explained more what he wanted to do, but as I am on a show day, I was doing nine thousand different things and and did only kind of half-assed listen, so I apologize, Chris, 
And I was just like, yeah, sure, man, whatever you want to do after I get done talking is fine, you know. Um, you guys will have to explain it fully because I, I was gone. Like, I went to the back, and I, I mean, I didn't, like, I wasn't, like, super emotional or anything, but I got, I was fighting being emotional out in the ring. So I just kind of walked outside. I don't think I was anywhere near the actual end of the event. And so, uh, so yeah, from what I understand, it was a little bit more than I was expecting. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. he went. So I was front row, let me tell you, and then you can come in there, Battle Cat. Fucking glory hug. So there I am on the business end of Greg's speech. I'm an emotional wreck right now myself. Uh, actually, it was really sad. I did tear up as Greg was talking. So, yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, so, Greg leaves. Everybody leaves. Uh, there's, like, a, a moment. And then uh, Chris brings a chair in the ring with a PWCS shirt, puts that on the chair. I'm like, okay, well, this is nice. Because, you know, like, in wrestling, when it's over, like, if a, when a wrestler's career is over, they take their shoes off and they leave them in the ring. So, I'm like, this is a very nice send-off. And then he produces two Coolers Lights puts one on the chair. I'm like, okay, still not bad. Great. Uh, Cracks it. Pulls one out for himself. Cracks it. And then I'm just like, what's going on here? And toasts the one on the chair, knocking it over, spilling beer all over the canvas, which is what I cared about at this point. Uh, And then starts to drink his. And the crowd chants chug. But I'm sorry to say, Chris does not have the ability to deep throat a beer, so it does not go well. And he, like, kind of spills it all over himself and the canvas again. I am not thrilled about. I go get a towel from the backstage, and I hand it to him. But I let him give his speech, and there are two well, instant... Patriot saint you are, you let him give his yeah, speech. Yeah, I did. I almost jumped him. <laughs> Fucking beer <laughs> spilling all over the goddamn PWCS comes back with the uh, angle of Chris versus Evans. So uh-huh. damn. He brought these Coors Lights? I guess, yeah. Did he uh-huh. buy them from the bar? No, because uh, they were in cans. He probably... Yeah. He probably oh, Chris, you can't be bringing in... Yeah, he bar. broke a hall rule. My God. Uh, that actually wasn't supposed to be PWS's last show. Uh, and then uh, he gives a speech. And... He was very passionate about it, and I appreciate that. I wish he had not said "hail anarchy" like we were a cult. Uh, <laughs> I just think it was a guy that was very emotional and very like into what he was doing, yeah. and just lost control of himself. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, it it says something for anybody to get invested into anything that much and at the end of the day that is kind of what you want out of everybody in a way like to be that emotionally invested into something it was I mean it, I I wish that part of me kind of wishes that it just would have ended with my speech it should have I mean plan. right it should have yeah. like no one should talk after the guy that ran the show talks and but that's that's on me I should have been the a-hole to say that yeah. ahead of time and, and I, I was because I know that it did mean a lot to him I wanted him to have a little moment there I kind of felt like alright when I'm done talking that show over and then whatever happens after that is is whatever well, I, I hope that it does not overshadow my speech but I do appreciate the fact that he's super uh, that he was super passionate and that it meant a lot to him to be there and, and to do what he did for us because you know we, all, we always preach that every 
position matters. That no matter sure. what, referee, yeah. announcer, anything matters. And it, and it absolutely does. And he did a very good job for us for a long, very long time. So especially, uh, he kind of picked up when our original ring announcer, Tito McGee, uh, Jason's brother Scott, was was no longer available to do it. Um, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, he is very much still living. But, oh! Uh, he was just unable to make it down for the events. But... <laughs> Uh, that you know, it, it, that was a big moment for us where we were like, ah, what are we gonna do? And, and he picked up the ball and ran with it. Um, and so, you know, that, that I'm glad that the promotion meant so much to him. Right. I mean, if you have 300 people that feel the same way about it, you know, you'll be in business forever. Yeah. So it's like, it's not a, like a, it's not like a making fun of the guy type deal. It, it, no. It's it. But, you know, he got, like, really emotional, and it definitely showed in that speech. Mm-hmm. Again, I just wish you wouldn't have spilled beer. That's You'll be all right. Fucking people. Will I be? Blood, blood on that canvas. Probably threw up on it. Blood I mean, yeah, I did do that. So. Isn't going to hurt anybody. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, favorite memories. PWCS. I think the most asked question I get when it comes, yes, you have a Yuhu. When it comes to PWCS, is where do you go when you need to dress really nice for a wedding? No, but I was, it was about to be a joke about that. I was like, if you could have shilled one other thing, <laughs> what would you have wanted them to send you? Like, hey man, we need you to cut a promo on Aftershave. Fucking oh, number shave. one thing with a bullet would have been, so I'm a big podcast guy. Yeah, me A undies. lot of the places uh, uh, are out are uh, advertising the Manscaped 2.0. Oh. It's uh, precision tools for your family jewels. Yeah. I would have, uh, yeah, Blue Chew would have been funny too. That, specifically, that spot is really funny oh. to me right now. If you could have, if you could have cut it, what would it have sounded like, Greg? They would have sounded just like they have a script. Oh, they it is? <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's precision tools for your family jewels. And then you got to talk about how you want to fucking you don't want to cut your dick hair with the same <laughs> razor that you use on your face because that'd be fucking ludicrous the, i forget which podcast i just listened to today they, they actually mentioned they're like you don't want to use like yeah all those scars on your scrotum from all the times you're trying to use the same razor on your face. like oh my god this, i have to get one of those now i have my balls last week trying to fucking I don't want some fucking Freddy Krueger face testicles. I gotta get a manscaper right now. Use that promo code JOEVI20. Joe. <laughs> you know, just so um, we're clear, that's not an actual promo code. <laughs> one of the best ones be. uh, that happened was when we were going to Tennessee and we were listening to, uh, mm. was it something to wrestle with, I think? Are you sure? I plug them because yeah. they need it. Well, I point out, there's a specific, it wasn't, it was a uh, the, Tony, the Tony podcast. All right. Uh, where he's, it's, it's he's talking about, uh, Conrad's like, man, Jimmy Hart sure can't fucking sell. He, we did a panel and he found a way to make every fucking answer about this goddamn tiki bar he's running down <laughs> in Jacksonville, Florida. He'd be like, hey man, what was it, what do you think about, uh, how, you know, ROH and Fuji. New Japan just sold out to the Garden. Do you, how do you think that relates to a time? What do you think Vince McMahon thinks about another company selling out the Garden? Yeah, Daddy, you know what? I think it's real good for business. You know what else is good for business? 
all the all the drinks were selling down there, Daddy, at the at Jimmy Hart's famous bar and tiki keg. <laughs> and so we got we got uh, we got beers and cans because it's right on the water, Daddy. You can't have glass because we're right there on the water. And it, and we sell beans and taters. That's right. You come down and get you some beans and taters. We got that NFL Sunday ticket. You just, so if you don't you know if you're living in Illinois and the in the kind of uh, the football team that you want to watch is there, you just drive about 14 hours down south to Jimmy Hart's Hall of Fame bar and tiki deck. It's like, it is every fucking answer. <laughs> Come drive down nine hours, watch Cam Newton throw the pigskin over so here. I, I absolutely would have done a, a spot for uh, Jimmy that Hart's Hall of Fame bar and tiki deck. Because <laughs> they got beer because it's right on the water, Daddy. It's right on the water. It's in cans, not, uh, not glasses. Yeah. Well, who's, your, who's your football team then? Or would they have to have like the NHL? They have, yeah, they have the NFL Sunday tickets. You can watch any game you want, Daddy. They have all the WWE pay-per-views, Raw, AEW, uh, NWA Power. We got the hell in the cell next weekend, baby. Come, you come down, on down. You snack on, on snack on some beans and taters, Daddy, because it's right, right there on the water. Monsters are cooked there, right? It's right. It's right there on the water, and and the, you go right there, Jimmy Hart's fame, Hall of Fame bar and tiki deck. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> you had me rolling for like two hours going to uh, uh, where were we going? Murfreesboro or somewhere. What's whatever. What's in Murfreesboro? Whatever. Uh, it's a show in it a was, barn. Oh, Dyersburg. 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 Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Uh, Great. Good golden boy. Have a golden boy. And speaking of golden, let's talk about Jimmy Hart's Tiki Bar. <laughs> we'll be right back for a word from our sponsor. It's it's closed down since then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they could have closed down because, I mean, they had that primo location. It's right on the water, Daddy. It's right Daddy. there in the water, Daddy. It's right on the water. And <laughs> People want glass bottles. I understand you got to have beer glass. and cans because they're right on the water, Daddy. But, like, it, it, maybe they should have had more menu items other than just beans and taters. <laughs> like, if they would have had some sort of meat product, maybe that would have, <laughs> that would have pushed it along a little you know, the Giants game got rained out, and that really uh, soured some people that drove all the way down from the Garden State. Understandable. <laughs> oh, is that Jersey? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? You They're here to talk about PWCS moments. You stay for the beans and taters. You stay for the beans. You, you come for the NFL, you stay for the beans and taters, baby. Just right there on the water, baby. You can dip your feet in the, in the, in the water if you want to. Don't, don't, don't go too far and pay your pal. Like Chris Wolf wrote first thing. <laughs> Barnett. He can't lose my fucking boots. God damn it. 
favorite PWCS memory. Oh, shit. When this is recording? Yeah. Gary just woke up from Twitter now. We just went six minutes off the rails. I feel we can reel it back. Oh, shit. Let's go around the room. I didn't have, I mean, I worked like a year there. So you just hated the whole year, huh? High as fuck. High as fuck. Yeah, that's a good that. Getting you some beef and tears, baby. Oh, fuck. I need a minute here to breathe. Greg, what are some of your favorite PWCS moments? Kind of like we talked about, it's anything where... Booking time of shower going over. Yeah, that absolutely. (laughs) The times where we were able to draw real emotion out of people. So my favorite... Most of the time was the speech given by whoever won the championship. Because a lot, I never said, "Here's what I want you to say," and it was it was done organically with the first one. JoJo won it, and JoJo really believed in the product hard. Yeah. And so it meant a lot to him to be the centerpiece. So him doing that speech at the end of the first one just sort of you know bled you over. Guys, <laughs> you gotta enjoy the product. Thanks, JoJo. Talk about Thanks, nitro. JoJo. I know JoJo. I know how to do his voice. He was in the car. Just now. He's yeah, we, car, we kicked huh? him back out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jumped in, jumped right back jumped out. In, jumped out. Shire. So, so moments. with him. Fucking weird. Oh, yeah? Um, but he's got he's eating Milky Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm getting my Milky Way on back here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, then that leads over to, ne- to year number two when Fitch and Vega win it. And they... You know, have they have a really fun speech? Fitchett dedicates the win to my mom. Um, you know that draws real emotion out of the crowd. Even the year I wanted to put myself over, I mean that was a real organic thing. It was like I fe- I kind of felt like for that 12 seconds I was taking the banner for St. Louis Independent Wrestling, um, and so that was all real. So all the way up to the last one of me giving a, a real speech. So I and mean, everything that. When Jackson gave two speeches after you guys' wins, I mean, all that stuff was kind of raw and organic. Um, and so anything that drew real emotion out of people was always something that was, that, that's what I wanted to do. Whether it was, we were making people laugh or cry or upset or whatever, if, if, if we were able to achieve that real emotions out of people, that was the highlight of, of the season for me. But and we did that in other ways too. I mean, the the probably the the biggest memory from the whole run is uh, the, the last man standing match between Joe and and or Casey and Stephen King. I don't know. I have tough. We're all we're all almost out of this business. Wow. But uh, Casey Casey and Stephen Kennedy. I mean, it, it's because I mean they drew damn near two hundred people that night. And they always they always kick it back on me and like oh well you did this and you did that but I mean we didn't have a big name on that card and it, they drew fucking huge because they wanted to see the climax of that story and uh, so I was very proud of that very proud of them and you know it's it's hard to barrel it down I mean I definitely I would encourage people to listen to the archive of my failed podcast about my <laughs> failed wrestling promotion. Because uh, we go over every card in detail, so I don't want to double up for the people that are fans of Wolf. But, uh, well, you got a couple uh, episodes left on it, and you? Mm, maybe. Well, we shall see. <laughs> um, 
in, in the same respect, another uh, like like one of my fondest memories is doing that video leading up to the match with Fitchett and the match with Fitchett itself. I haven't talked about that on the podcast at all yet. Uh, I, I had the idea all the way back in like the early Anarchy Run to wrestle Fitchett because we just were good friends all throughout life, and I, I, I always wanted to do it. And leading up to when we did the match at last year's Mega Ticket, I was like, man. You could get signed at any minute. It's starting to feel like it. I was like, I'll, we'll never get this opportunity if I don't book it, you know. Wasn't that a stipulation? Because if there was a while you were with me at Anarchy and we were feuding with Fitchett, mm-hmm. wasn't that one of the stipulations that we teased? It was, was. like five minutes with Greg or something like that? Yeah, and then we were going to have like a... We wanted to have like a legit match at the time because we were both young and dumb. And Jackson, uh-huh. you were uh, not young Kill and dumb. Joy. No, you, you were right. I mean, we couldn't go out there and have, like, a real match. And, you know, it wasn't to that point yet. Like Captain Buzzkill so over here. I just, like, I was cutting a promo at him, and he kicked me in the face, and that was the end of it. Because, I mean, at, at some point, if he's just whooping my ass for five straight minutes, it gets sad at some point. <laughs> you know, like, if I'm fighting back and getting off it. So, uh, God damn, this is just end it for Christ's sakes uh, and so but now I mean that there's more history and I've been in the business longer and you know we just, I felt like the time was right and and I told them I was like we aren't gonna have a real match but I, I seriously sat and studied Vince tape like I watched every major Vince match and I was like we could pull this off because I realized I was like okay this is a lot of smoke and mirrors and character work and I could do this, and that morphed into, I was like, well, I'm just going to cosplay, I'm going to cosplay as Vince, I'm going to come out to No Chance in Hell, and <laughs> there was, it was KC that was like, man, you got to do that one weird Royal Rumble promo before he fights Austin, where he's training, and I was like, oh man, then you got to be my trainer, so I met him at the shop he was working at the time, they had like a whole uh, personal training gym in the back. And we filmed that shit in one night, and we could not, like, there's so many outtakes um, out there from, like, he kept talking about these fucking eggs. He was obsessed with, in the beginning, Vince chugs raw eggs. Yeah. And so we, we worked it where it looked like I did it. Um, you know, we did, like, a jump cut, and I chugged something else. And but Joe <laughs> could not get off of the fucking eggs for the whole rest of the video. There was one point he was like, I'm doing pull-ups, and we're working that because I'm not strong enough to do pull-ups. And he's like, guy, can you just feel that salmonella coursing through your veins? It's it's bad for you, and it's going to be bad for Fidget because you will have the strength of someone that fought off salmonella. <laughs> and he did, every, whenever he would run out of shit to say when we were, he was just like, yelling jargon at me he'd go back to the eggs and the salmonella and like oh my god we, just, we kept like fucking corpsing throughout the whole process and that we then i came up with this idea of in the the actual vince video he chases a live chicken and i'm like well i can't get a live chicken and so i was like what are we gonna do so at some point i was like well i'll go buy like a cornish hen and he'll roll it and so I chase it after it, and I get it, and I bring it back, and Jackson had to actually box me the idea. He's like, you should, be, should be like, prepare it for me. And so then we, uh, I took it one step further. They had, like, a little oven there, so I throw it in the little oven, and it's, like, in the middle of a training montage, and then I there's me throwing this little Cornish game hen in an oven and, like, wiping my brow with an oven mitt. <laughs> and then I bring it to him, 
and he's, he cuts into it and they're supposed to be jump cuts of him like being approved of all my workouts and then one of the last ones is he'll take a bite of the prepared chicken meal and give a thumbs up and we had nuked a like uh, a hungry man dinner for the prepared <laughs> meal but I didn't look at how long to nuke it for yeah. so he cuts into the chicken bit takes a bite and he goes oh hot and just spits it out <laughs> burn the piss out of his mouth <laughs> And so, like that whole night, like that's the stuff that I'll miss. That like, and the the whole Danny Adams a handshake storyline, stuff like that that just happens on the fly. Where you know, he puts out like, oh man, if you guys shake hands, I'm rushing the ring. And then he came there that day, and I go, guess what you're gonna do? And he kind of like flinched. He was like, am I gonna rush him after they shake hands? I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> and that became like his gimmick. And so I don't know, just just stuff like that, like being able because it, no matter what my role is with Anarchy, that role ends with Jackson constructing the actual cards and like the on the fly decisions and stuff like the buck stops with him and so when the buck stops with you you're able to go yeah you know what that'd be fucking fun or yeah you know what why not you know and that's the that's the one thing I think I'll miss is kind of being in my element and getting to you know make decisions on the fly or find something like that because all those things were things that were just spot decisions of yeah let's go ahead and do it and then I actually really I've watched it back a few times I really like that fucking match with Fitchett like it was what it was supposed to be there's a Shire run in like uh, ironically uh, yeah. the, I, I'm not the one that blows the spot Paco's <laughs> the one that blows the spot oh, yeah. fucking Paco you audibly hear on the tape like he goes up for where it's supposed to be and you hear KC yell where the fuck was Paco <laughs> But uh, it was a fun little match. I, it gave me the confidence to know I can go out there and have a Vince match every once in a while. But you look damn good in those jeans, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like, that night I said, I was like, if we draw 100 people, I'll get a spray tan and dress like Vince from WrestleMania 22. And if we was 200 people, I was going to get color. And so <laughs> Anarchy regularly draws over 200 people. That's all I'm saying. Somewhere down the line, there's WrestleMania 22 Vincent in the future. Spray down. You know how I'll have to go to my regular job that next day? With a spray tan with and gas marks all Dark on. spray tan. Oh, man. One of my favorite moments, it's not even my moment, it's uh, when we're at the baseball stadium. That's what I called it. And, uh,. It's the show that was lost. Okay. Yeah. And it's Fitchett walking around, and I'm just like watching, like, what is he doing? And then his eyes stop on something. And I'm watching him because I don't know what he's quite looking at yet. And then he walks over, and he starts inspecting these tires. <laughs> and like, Zach shows up, and like, I don't remember the exact pitch, and I wouldn't do it justice, but like, he pitches the fucking double stop through the tires. And Zach's like, fuck yeah. I'm <laughs> just like, it's always stuck with me. And then sure as shit, Zach gets double stopped through the tires. Now we got so, a ton of like Reddit hits and uh, YouTube hits off of that. That like, just got retweeted again or something like that. That just got a cycle yeah, again. Yeah, like I want to say Janella tweeted yeah, it out or yeah. something. Uh, yeah, so it got, it got cycled around just the gif yeah. and of... of Zach's eyes and when the camera pans down in it's a great shot from Jason um, and yeah I mean that was 
I, that was really fun because yeah, that was another one of those things where it's just like, all right, like Fitchit was like, can this be Anarchy Rules? And we're like, well, Fitchit, uh, it shouldn't be, but you get everything you want, so all right, <laughs> here we go. And they, because then he also found a bunch of baseball equipment because it was a, it was a baseball practice facility. So they did another. That, so that match still exists out there. Yeah, it's on. It's That's on, on YouTube. YouTube and the obviously, rest of the show. If, they, if that, but the like tragically, you versus Vega in a really really good singles match was lost. Like, that was the one thing on that card that I remember being like, fuck, I wish that was still around. Yeah, me too. Because you guys had a, a fucking banger. Like, uh, you guys did a, an amazing job. Uh, they, yeah, that's, I mean, that whole show is such a regret. Like, that's that's the one, that's the quit and go to Fright Fest show, too. Because we walked, we were walking in with, like, 15 pre-sale or something. And I called Jason ahead of time. I was like, bro, we had a good run. Pack it in. We're done. We're canceling the show. If we cancel the show, we might as well cancel all of them because you know, fuck it. And he was just like, dude, like let it ride. Like it's gonna be what's gonna be. We have money in the bank. If we lose it, like it, it's gonna be fine. And then we ended up having like 115 people at that show. Like I don't know where all the walk-ups came from, but yeah. I think we had promoted Ring of Honor with small flyers and stuff. And that's how people like Sarah heard about us and stuff. Okay. There was a lot of people that came. That was that was their first time coming because they, they uh, came out of Ring of Honor and we had uh, flyers with ACH on them and, and I had stopped being a bitch and booked Albert which he had requested that I do both of those things stop <laughs> being a bitch and then book them uh, and so it, I think that worked I mean, that's a tactic like you know you can't just have like Joe's wrestling and go outside of WWE like it's gotta have people <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah like Oh man, come see uh, fucking. I, I'm not gonna use names or promotions because I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to get this stricken. You're not a record. bully. Yeah, I'm not a bully. But you know, for real, you can't be like, oh man, uh, you know, wrestler A you've never heard of versus wrestler B you've never heard of in a barbed wire match at the VFW Hall. Like no one walking out of Raw is gonna go to that. Right. So you have to kind of be strategic, I think, if you're gonna actually go do paper flyering, paper promoting. And so I was like, well, we'll go to Ring of Honor. I know I can, I can get ACH for that show. We'll put him on the flyer along with, like, I think uh, Vega had gotten on the pre-show or something. So I put the besties on there. Yeah. And, and that got a lot of walk-up. Uh, so that was that was a cool little show just because of, the, of uh, expecting it to go so poorly. And there's been so many times that I thought, like, man, this is it. We're quitting. So when it, And one of us always talks the other one out of it. So when it finally came time for this final show... I, after the show was over, I, th- I was like, Jason, thank you for letting me quit. And he said, thank you, too. Because we both were <laughs> finally on the same page. We're like, all right, this is time. Like, it's time. This is time to pack it in. It's right. But I don't know. Wrapping up favorite moments. Uh, I had some favorite moments. Do you have favorite moments? Yeah. Where you go, Shire? My match uh, February of 2018 against uh, Fitchett. Oh, I was fucking, that was really I good. think that was, what was that? It was a tournament show. I think it was the STLI. STLI, my first ST, STLI, because that was one of the things where I was still coming back into wrestling, and like I had never wrestled, well, not never wrestled anybody like that, like on his level, but coming back from like breaking my leg in 2016 and then moving up here and kind of like just getting my feet wet with like a couple, I think I was in like a battle royal and stuff and a couple tags at NWL, hadn't really done like single singles matches. Uh, and then, like, I think you gave us, like, 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. We ended up going out there, 
and he just wanted to wrestle because like he knew my background he's got extensive background of amateur wrestling and everything and um, I actually went back and watched that match maybe a week ago it was one of my favorite matches at the time still one of my favorite matches uh, so kind of like he really helped me kind of get back into the groove too so I appreciate that Fitchett and the promo that uh, me and you did Evan yeah uh, well, I didn't know what you were gonna say and then you did the whole thing about you know people coming up from Texas and then they just go right back down you know and like that was something that actually you know helped me in decisions uh, you know like uh, maybe I don't want to drive 14 hours down to you know Florida or something like that but that's another booking you know like getting out there and like that's why I moved up to st. Louis is like get out of that kind of like you know mindset of what I had been it's like oh five hours oh, I don't know whatever you know like whatever stupid mindset I had and then you know the people that came up here came up to the Midwest they they did work hard and everything like that but they didn't really like stay that long you know and I mean I've been up here almost two years now or something like that you know but that's always something that kind of like like you know what you're right like a lot of people just come up here and then like six to eight months they go back down to Texas and it's kind of like you know what happened really but you know that that was something that was a favorite of mine and um winning the STLI that was really nice that was that was really cool had three different matches you know uh Outlaw Kenway and then uh beating Danny or not not Danny um Wolf, Wolf. my bad uh beating Danny Adams a whole bunch <laughs> no I like Danny um I like working with Danny a whole bunch we I worked Danny a lot there I liked my matches with Danny uh, getting to tag up with dirt and stuff like that, you know, I have a lot of good memories of it and everything. Getting to hang out with you and I really, yeah, like we probably more than even, like our relationship grew, grew really grew close. Through that, yeah. yeah. So those are just some of my experiences. You know, yeah. I enjoyed it. A fun note about that working for Anarchy though. Yeah, I no. <laughs> a fun note about the promo is like I wasn't sure what I was gonna say either, and then like I just was like man what's like something like I would really tell you in real life like I want this to feel as real as possible yeah like it felt genuine and real you know like we yeah. had that little joking moment where you know you're like oh it's creamy thighs and everything and then right. you're like oh I'm gonna tell you this like a lot of people come up here but they just go right back down you know and I was like well yeah that's not that like and then I think I had that one thing where I, I uh, somebody beat me I can't remember who beat me I think Durden beat me or something like that and I did that single promo were like you know there was no going back to Texas and at the time there was no going back to Texas for me like I mean I wasn't getting booked anywhere really you know like and then through like working PWCS and Anarchy and stuff it helped me get back down to like heavy metal and everything you know um, and then that led on to other stuff but that's you can hear that in other podcasts so yeah, you can check our archive where we talked to Shire for 16 straight hours 16 straight hours <laughs> Uh, I think that's in part two, though. So it there is. Go, yeah. uh, Jackson? What? Favorite PWC? I know it just <laughs> yeah, woke I have you up some there. Memories. Sorry, Fuck you. That's my memory. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, really, PWCS is the only place I've wrestled in the last three years. I mean, I did my last match in 2016, had to come back, then did the other two. I enjoyed all those matches. Uh, a moment that for me, I guess, it sticks out was probably a shitty day for Greg, but the show you had to leave. 
Oh, and, yeah. And, like, I was working for NWL. I just happened to be at that show. Like, it was the first show I'd been to since NWL had started. Uh, I just decided to go. Felt like going to a show. Uh, and Jason had asked if I'd run the locker room because you weren't going to be there. And number one, it was kind of weird to have to, like, call Chris and be like, hey, uh, can I do this? Because yeah. I was technically under contract, and, like, that is a, was actually a written part of my contract is I wasn't allowed to, like, creatively help anybody or, like, do anything. But, you know, luckily Chris didn't give a shit. So I went ahead and did it, and it was just kind of weird to be back, back in that kitchen again, like, helping run a show in Alton even though Anarchy was gone. So, I remember that. Uh, Chris was always really cool about letting us do stuff like, like that. Like, yeah. letting you wrestle, or letting you do that at that time. He let yeah. me use the Marcellus Gaines character yeah. to do him versus Dom the, the day after uh, Mayweather McGregor. Yep. Yeah, by the time we hit that point, like, the Mayweather, like, the, or the Dom and... Like Major was like gone, so it was Major would have been the one to put the kibosh on anything, but Chris never cared. Like Chris was really easy to deal with. Uh, but yeah, so that that probably sticks out the most as like a moment, like just for me. I was like, well, I'm back in Alton again, running, helping run a show or whatever. But yeah, other than that, it's the matches. Another one that really that just jumped out to me because I was thinking about that third the third uh, like final show, uh, which I guess second mega ticket show or whatever. I mean, obviously like the the first mega ticket having Kikitaru and oh yeah that was part fun. of that show like that was really cool being a part of the Wrestling Road Diaries because I'd watched the other two, um, and so being a part of that having that experience that whole night was crazy. Uh, but then you cut you, you know, fast forward a year, and you know we had our entire show out from under us. I talked about that the last time I was on this podcast of the whole debacle of having that show cut out from us and almost had, and having to change venues, and we end up in a totally different venue. We still drew like 130 people, which I mean maybe that doesn't sound like a crazy amount, but when you had just changed the venue like 13 days before. Right. Yeah, that could be just a show killer in general. Well, we yeah. experienced it when we had to switch ours once from, I forget, I think, I think it was O'Fallon to Fairview Heights. Yep. And it, it killed it. Like, that's what just that. destroyed that draw. And so, so, so survive that. And we had, I felt like we had a really killer show that night, with the exception of Kenway versus Angel Slane. Yeah. One of the worst matches we ever had put on, and I take full responsibility for it. You can't um, find it, though, can you? No, you cannot. Yeah. We cut it from the DVD. Uh, but it is online. But that uh, that night was was a fucking killer show, and uh, it was a big deal to me to have Dingo there. Yeah, because it was before Dingo kind of started wrestling again. And uh, I mean, having Dingo on a card is a big moment, but having him there and telling me that it was good was even more special because he, you know, trained me. And I mean, I'm. I'm the real last student of Dingo. You let Matt Fitchett say whatever you want, but uh, that that was uh, that was really cool to have him there and and say it was a good job and you know um, in such dire circumstances to be able to put that together. So yeah, you know, it's hard to wrap them all up. I'm sure I'm missing a hundred things that mean a lot to me, but 
Uh, we can always come back to talk about whatever you want. I'm to, sure we'll so. be taking plenty more trips to Journey. So Are we? We'll be talking more about More Journeys that. to Journey? Well, some of us will be back to Journey. Others went 13 minutes <laughs> over their fucking time. <laughs> probably be fired. That's that's what we like to call in the business Petri time. I wouldn't wonder it over. Am I going to be invited back? No. Who? Uh, actually, another another moment that, that really sticks out to me is Gary and Matt's. Gary's yeah. like Matt's last so. singles match before fucking his match with Buddy. Yeah. That was really emotional for me. I had a pretty good speech after that, too. Mm-hmm. Better than the one you gave? You know what? <laughs> at Inspire, where yeah. I gave like the watered-down version of that thing. Yeah, well, not <laughs> I remember that. I was well, there. they gave me a watered-down last fucking match. There, I remember so. I was there. Fair enough. I don't give a shit if they hear that. Fucking book me against goddamn Ghost. Oh. It's dumb. Oh, we're gonna have to cut this from the no, podcast. No, we don't. I'll right. take the heat on that. I'm out of. I'm not wrestling anymore. I still like this, but that was bullshit. Uh, so yeah, so there's a lot of memories, and uh, you know what? We really don't do this very often on the podcast. But like, what are you, what are your guys? Are you patriots and fucking just regular podcast listeners? I only care to hear from the patriots. What are some of your favorite oh, memories sorry. of PWCS? Bill Belichick, what's your favorite PWCS memory? You know, I do want to say that publicly, like everybody that's reached out and said how much it meant to them or reached out and said, there were a lot of people that night that stopped me and said very, very nice things. Um, and even just had, that, that's a moment in and of itself. Like I gave the speech and I stopped for a second and I didn't expect it, but everybody started to like chant my name or chant thank you or whatever they, whatever they chanted at me. I was like, whoa, shit, like, I've never had that, like, literally, you know, almost 10 years in, I've never had a positive reaction ever. <laughs> and, well, it was all in your head, Greg, and, so. and, uh, Oh, good, that's, it was a fever yeah, dream. That, <laughs> yeah, that never happened. <laughs> that, that was one of the things that almost broke me and made me emotional, because I was like, wow, like, I, it's easy when you're in that spot, when you're the number two, that... You were, you were the number two at one point, and then the three, and then the maybe four. You know, like as you slide down, you start to feel like fuck. Like I'm just gonna slip into irrelevancy, and no one is ever gonna remember these things. But to hear people say thank you and and to, to say nice things to me, like those people that have reached out, I might not have gotten back to every single tweet or every single DM, but it really did mean a lot and pulled me through what could have been kind of a a dark time. So I, that that meant a lot just that moment being in the ring like soaking that up and knowing like my dad's there and all my best friends are there like that was that was really cool as we veer off the road yep <laughs> so uh thanks guys we will uh see you in a bit and uh as always any more positive comments you had hit us up at at heel money jova and i mean that legitimately this one time thanks bye so uh, that was a uh, honestly a really good talk we had with Greg, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk more uh, with him. Obviously, uh, maybe not recorded, but you know, it's a good cat. He's uh, gone now, right? Yes, I'm gone forever. Yeah. Gone forever. Uh, we are out of the car. We've all sa- gone our separate ways. It's just me, no one else. Jackson, you got the, that shit I'm ready? ready? All right. Uh, plug time, baby. Plug time. Before we do, Greg, got anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I never have to sell anything ever again. I'm very happy about it. Dress or soul? Jesus. Barrage, wow. That We're was... coming up on Greg's soul Friday night. <laughs> 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 Brownpapertickets.com slash Greg's soul. 
Uh, yeah, we got a lot of shit coming up. Uh, obviously, our next live event will be January 10th for the Gateway to Anarchy. Uh, GTA20.bpt.me. Then we'll roll into February 21st in your Hall Strong Style Series. INYSS.bpt.me. Uh, we still have season tickets, I believe. Yeah. We're kind of hard to know when this will air, but if you're interested in uh, season tickets, DM me if they're still available. I'll get you that price. Uh, remember, we do have the Christmas party coming up on Friday night, December 6th. Day before my birthday. Uh, Bring me Legos. Only a $5 admission to that. Not a live event, just a get-together. You can get that at axmas.bpt.me. Um, the list of uh, all our show dates it should be out on all our social medias. Yeah. So go ahead and check that out. We have it all throughout the year. Yeah, all of our dates for 2020 are confirmed and released. Single event tickets for like all of our events will be on sale here shortly. I gotta set up all the links and everything. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is 11 shows, and just so you know, the STLI is a double shot weekend. Yeah, so plan accordingly. Yeah, that's in December, so that will be a double shot. Uh, yeah, so everything's set. All the tournaments have been set as far as, like, what they'll be. That's all out there. Yeah. Uh, we will say uh, we hope you're excited for next year. Probably about 90% of next year is booked. Yeah, I got, like, 90% of it, like, on paper. I don't ever like to say, like, 90% of yeah, shit. Yeah, nothing's in sentence. People stone. are going to get canceled. Or people are going to cancel. People, people are going to get canceled. Some might get canceled. Some probably will get canceled. <laughs> some will get signed. Probably in 13 minutes. Some of us, like, some people will get signed. Some people will get injured. A whole bunch of shit will happen. So. I hope no one gets injured, though. Well, me too, but shit's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, things will change, and there's always room to fluctuate, but... Yeah, like, I mean, 90% of next year is on paper. Um, So we'll see how that all goes. I mean, we're going to be saying this a million times as we fucking embark on this. Like, this whole thing's real big. I mean... Bang that drum, but we've done well. I mean, we'll... By the time this airs, who knows how November did. We don't know yet. We're recording this, like, right before November. Real bad. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But... If people support throughout the year, and obviously, I mean, I would love for Spalding to be sold out every time, but that's not, like, the expectation, but the expectation is that we do well enough every show with some sellouts mixed in there that we're able to do 11 events a year, but that won't really be decided until we see how this goes, and if it don't go well, then 2021 we'll go back to a lighter schedule, but hopefully we don't have to do that. And it all depends on how this goes. So we'll see. So thanks, guys, I guess, for always putting up with our shit. Oh, not kidding. You know I can't do it. (laughs) Uh, I literally can't. My voice doesn't go that high anymore. He hit us with a biscuits and gravy at least. All right. Biscuits and gravy. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye.